Dandruff Village, Scalp, Varbury, Malmo's Two Sebes put Halmstad to the sword, and I enjoy a lovely Saturday afternoon with the Vernamo Faithful. Sorry, what the f is El Svenskan? And welcome to another episode of WTF is Al Svenskin. And no, this isn't the voice of beloved host Andy Woodfine. This is the voice of his much younger and slimmer brother. Joining me on the show today is, well, no one. This is a first for us and hopefully a last. We did say every game every week and that's exactly what we're going to do. I've had to throw this together last minute, but we're doing this for the listeners. Uh, according to our Spotify analytics, we've got listeners now in over 25 countries, such as Latvia, Greece, Singapore, Mexico, uh, Netherlands, Lithuania, you name it. And uh, a top five, which consists of Canada, the USA, the UK, and runaway leaders, Sweden. Uh, if you want to help your country move up the leaderboard, <laughs> tell your friends. Um, but yeah, all of us just want to say a big thank you to everyone listening and getting on board with this podcast. Right, so unfortunately Neil is sitting in the rain in Spain waiting for a plane and Andy is at Copenhagen Fashion Week trying to seek a sneak peek of the unique, chic, meek and boutique in what for him is just a regular work week. Um, there you go. Rhymes. Got to do something to uh, liven up the pod. Uh, let's talk football now then. Um, it was a shorter fixture list than usual this week. Jura Gordon, Hecken, Hammerby and Doe Rapids all having played this round of fixtures uh, a few months back, I think. Uh, so thankfully, this does make things a little easier uh, for me. The lads have sent in the highlights of the week. So without further ado, let's kick things off with Andy's highlight of the week. His highlight this week was watching uh, Sweden knock out the USA uh, from the World Cup on penalties with his daughter. Uh, he just wants to say a special shout out to Amanda Illestet, the new Arsenal signing, who put in a mammoth display at the back, making 15 clearances. And Zakira Musevic for making a record-breaking 11 saves. Nice one, Andy. Very wholesome indeed. Um, I was there watching with him, actually. And that last penalty from uh, Friedelina Rolfo <laughs> had both of them on their feet running around the living room, like, celebrating. Um, I was just there laughing at the expression on the American goalkeeper's face. Um, but it was a nice moment and, uh, yeah, a good highlight indeed. Uh, how are we going to top this, I wonder? The next highlight is from a Mr. Neil Cook. His highlight this week is, am I reading this correctly? His highlight this week is watching Arsenal beat Man City at Wembley in the Community Shield. He says it brought him an immense amount of joy and that Arsenal really went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Man City, something Tottenham will never do. Rice and Timber look like incredible signings that could really elevate Arsenal to a whole new level. Wow, that's really nice, Neil. Uh, he goes on to write that He's really looking forward to watching Arsenal play in the Champions League this season. Uh, the new kit is beautiful 
and he would like to marry Mikel Arteta. Controversial stuff here from our resident Tottenham fan. Um, <laughs> I, de- <laughs> I definitely didn't just make that up as Neil didn't send in a highlight. But yes, moving on to my highlight of the week. Um, I'll talk about this match in a little more detail later on. But on Saturday, I had the absolute pleasure of going to Grimster Earpier on a beautiful sunny day and sitting in the way end uh, with the Vernamo fans as their team beat the plucky Bromer Brigadiers 2-0. Now, my highlight from all of this is the Vernamo fans. <laughs> Around, like, uh, 300 of them took the five-hour journey up to Bromer, and uh, they were some of the friendliest Swedes I've ever met. We got into the stadium, um, if you can call it that, it's more like a garden centre or a county cricket arena. But yes, we got in, uh, found our seats, sat down, and everyone who, who walked past or sat uh, near us uh, was like, Hey, hey! Who will do? Hey! Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was so nice. Um, I mean, our non-Swedish listeners, or maybe more specifically non-Stockholmer listeners, must be hearing this and thinking, Okay, well, that's just, that's just normal. Um, <laughs> but to give you an idea of what it's like living in central Stockholm, Imagine you're a ghost, but you've also stepped in dog shit. (laughs) You're invisible, but also at the same time, somehow a nuisance. Uh, I've got next door neighbors. I've I've lived in the same building with me for like four years, and uh, we've never said hello to each other. At the game, I'd been sat down for about five minutes, and I'd already exchanged greetings with about three quarters of the Vernamo population. Um, <laughs> no, nah, just kidding. But I looked this up and it, it has a population of 19,822, which is almost enough to fill Luton Town's stadium, Kenilworth Road, twice over. Uh, yeah, who'd have thought? Um, it's also home to apparently one of the greatest pizza parlors in the world, uh, according to Wikipedia. And in 2004, it won the European Pizza Championship. Get that. It's called uh, Pizzeria Chaplin, and uh, it might be well worth a visit. Uh, let's hope they do gluten-free so Andy doesn't have an accident. But yes, shout out to the Vernamo fans. You are really kind, welcoming. Your team deserved the three points, and I think you're going to stay up this year. Uh, Oscar Johansson is also a, a special player. All right, moving on to Game of the Week. Now, Andy has sent his notes in for this, and uh, just like how he laughed at Neil uh, for doing last week, he's ended up watching a bunch of uh, Elspenskin games, but hasn't got the pleasure to talk about them. Um, So, I don't know if this is uh, hubris or irony, but it's funny. To me, anyway. Anyway, game of the week. This week was bottom of the league side Varberry's boys, who were visited by Mjelby aka Dandruff Village, in a match nobody asked to happen. Um, but it was actually, to me, quite an entertaining game at Poskberry's Vallen, which I think Neil said a few episodes back translates roughly into uh, Easter Mountain Valley. And uh, Andy and I thought it sounded like a very forgettable Mario Kart track. <laughs> it really does. So, let's kick things off with the team news. Uh, Mielby started with a new look midfield. Uh, two debutants coming in, 
Leo Walter, who's just arrived from Norseland. Uh, he seems to be their Otto Rosengren replacement, a Finnish under-21 international. And uh, the other being Gudmunder Nokvasun. Uh, yeah, I don't really know how to... There's, yeah, Nokvasun. Nokvasun, maybe. Uh, yeah, he was wearing absolutely massive shorts, by the way. Like three or four sizes too big for him. Uh, interesting look. But i got to say, these guys uh, really impressed me. Um, Leo Welter in particular. Keep an eye on him. Moving on to Varberry, uh, who, let's not forget, absolutely demolished Helmstad last week, 5-0. Uh, they went for an unchanged lineup, probably hoping for more of the same. And they had uh, a new signing, Mads Borchers, on the bench, uh, who had just been signed from Faroe's side, called Horbeer Torschven. Uh, they're currently second in the, the Faroe Islands top flight, trailing the slayers of BK Bush themselves, K.I. Klexvik. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I've heard more about the Faroe Islands in the last month than I think I have in my whole life leading up to, yeah, June. Um, but uh, good on them. They're doing amazing things in European football right now, considering the size and the footballing history of the, of the nation. It's a really cool story to follow uh, it would be incredible if they reach the the group stages of the champions league back to alsvenskin now <laughs> and the conditions at the mario kart arena looked really wretched strong winds tons of rain monday night all the signs were there that it was going to be a hard watch um the first 20 minutes or so were tough <laughs> and he's uh written here in his notes mike why the Am I watching this? I'm so bored. Noah Ely looks like a tidy player, though. <laughs> yep, thanks, Andy. Um, but then on the 20 minutes, there's a sloppy back pass from Oliver Silverholt, who uh, Andy thinks has a name like a Hufflepuff Cridditch player, I think. I think that's the guy. Um, which is pounced upon, and I mean really pounced upon. Really intense pressing from Max Fenger, who gets there in front of uh, Stanisic, I think it was. Fenger goes through one-on-one -on -one and makes no mistake with finish across the face of the goal. It was his birthday, by the way, Fenger. And about 10 minutes after his first goal, he has the ball in the back of the net again. But this one gets ruled out for offside on Ely, uh, who after a well-worked set piece, heads the ball back across the face of goal to the birthday boy. Uh, he does actually get a second late on, but um, we'll get to that. <laughs> um... And I actually think I need to apologise to Fenger. Uh, last week, I described a shot of his as having all the strength of a sickly Victorian child. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell myself that he heard that and used it as motivation for this outstanding performance on, the, on Monday night. Uh, Andy's notes at this point sound a bit like this. The weather is apocalyptic. I keep thinking I'm watching Elfsfort. Um, yeah, thanks, Andy. But uh, yeah, if they if they covered their badges, I wouldn't be able to tell those two kits apart in a in a police lineup. Anyway, after that disallowed goal, nothing really of note happens before halftime. There's a couple quick fire bookings for Varberry, who stay top of the Elsvenskens yellow card table, forty eight now, eight above Elsfort in second place. As far as uh, as tactics went in this match, Varberry were 
actually attempting to do something really interesting and unusual. So on, on paper, Skogman, the Vibre manager, lined them up in a 3-4-3. Free, free. Uh, but in possession, and the further they get up the pitch, the more it morphs into a 4-2-4 type thing. You've got, you've got Maxime Sant pushing really high up from right wing back and joining the forward line with Joachim Linder, one of the three centre-backs, moving to a more conventional right-back position. Silverholt drops back from the left with LaRue and uh, Lushaku forming a, a double pivot in the middle. Um, you've got to hand it to Skogman. It certainly is ambitious to try and pull this off with uh, a side currently who are currently bottom of the league. They did mix things up a little bit in the second half. seemed like they were trying to totally vacate the middle of the pitch completely and create overloads outside, but that didn't really work either. Mielby were classic Mielby, just trying to suffocate the game and capitalise on transitions and, and set pieces, which, uh, given the result... <laughs> And the weather was definitely the smart thing to do. Yeah, in scenes that Andy described as uh, apocalyptic conditions. <laughs> yeah, the, the second half uh, started in very much the same vein as the first. And, and then the dullness was broken uh, yet again by Max Fenger, who provides a beautiful ball over the top for Herman Johansson to latch onto. He brings it down, pretty much rounds the keeper, um, but puts it straight into the post. Tandra Village didn't have to wait long. Before another chance, Fenger is at it again and at the forefront of the action. <laughs> Everything good they did all game had his name on it. Uh, this time he wins a penalty for the Dandruffs after a clumsy tackle from one of the league's most clumsy defenders, I think, uh, Joachim Linder. Now, a few minutes ago, I spoke about how uh, Farberry had the most yellow cards in the league. It's also Varberry who've conceded the most penalties. And this is a crazy stat because they've conceded five, five more than any other team and eight more than Malmo. <laughs> this is only game week 18. They're conceding a penalty once every two games. This is completely unsustainable. But yes, so David Lufquist dispatches the penalty, gets his four for the season and makes it 2-0. Mielby. Now, at this point... I went off to go and uh, do the dishes and uh, don't really know what happened. So according to Andy's notes, someone scored for Varberry, but they were offside. Haven't got a name here, so I'm just going to let that slide. <laughs> um, Fenger then gets his long-awaited second before the 90-minute mark with a nice improvised side foot volley. Uh, he 100% deserves my man the match and... Uh, Hope he continues to play as if it's his birthday. He was inspired out there. And the match winner. So that wraps up game of the week. Mielby deserved the three points. Fenger was a class apart. And their new midfielders looked to have settled in nicely. Uh, hats off to the scouting department down there. And don't sleep on Mielby. That's all I'm saying. Even though they might sometimes send you to sleep themselves. Uh... Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to the rest of the week's fixtures. Right, so first up is Beer Pier Vernamo. Um, this finished 2-0 Vernamo. And as I mentioned in my highlight of the week, I was lucky enough to be there. Lovely day out. Uh, um, Pretty exclusive, if you ask me. Only 700 people uh, turned up. But let's talk a little bit about the match itself. Um, 
Now, what what the hell has happened to Bromer? Since the mid-season break, um, and perhaps more specifically, since Olaf Melberry sold his son to Austria, they have nosedived down the table from 5th to 11th. Um, of course, for Northern European royalty, it was common practice between the, uh, the, the 15th and 18th century to sell your children off to Austria in the hopes of gaining influence within the Habsburg Empire. <laughs> so perhaps Melbury did this to gain influence within the Salzburg's House of Red Bull? Uh, Red Bull Salzburg? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. But uh, yeah, anyway, one of the advantages of uh, doing this on my own is that I get to make history jokes without Neil and Andy looking at me as if my words just uh, punched them across the face. So, Bromer. What is going on there? It seems as if they've got a serious case of the ear core serious problem. Playing good football, but seemingly being unable to, to win games. Vernemo, on the other hand, looked like they had a lot more cutting edge about them. Ademi, uh, who put in a really good hardworking performance, got the assist for their first goal. A cutback to Adin Zekovic. Uh, who gets his first goal of the season. He's played quite a few games for them, and uh, he's a winger, or sometimes a a number nine, but uh, yeah, doesn't score much. From my perspective, anyway, it seemed like quite an evenly matched game, and it looked like Vernemo were going to sneak away with a slender 1-0 win, Um, and it it did stay that way until the 97th minute when Hampus Nerstrom uses all of his height and strength to win the wall back high up the pitch. Uh, he lays it off to Simon Turn, who then, in turn, plays it out to uh, Bustos, who runs away with it, cuts in, plays in Oscar Johansson, who makes it 2-0. Uh, Johansson, the last goal sc- scorer, uh, was probably my man on the match. He seemed to be everywhere. He's got great technique, and his midfield partner, Wenderson Oliveira, deserves a lot of credit too. Uh, can't remember him giving the ball away at all, really. So, Vernemo win. Next up, it is Elfsfort versus Sirius, aka John McEnroe FC. Uh, this was one of Andy's in what looked to be perhaps the most aesthetically pleasing game of the weekend. Um, yeah, but before I read out Andy's notes on the game, I just want to mention that Gustav Lagerbielka one of Elfsfort's standout performers this season in that watertight defence. Um, I'm fairly sure they've conceded the least in the league. Uh, is allegedly closing in on a move to Brendan Rodgers' Celtic. Now, what a move that would be for him. Champions League, playing in front of 60,000 fans at Celtic Park. Uh, and it also puts him in the, in the shop window for a potential Premier League move if he impresses their which I'm sure he will do. He's got all the attributes to make a top-level centre-back, and he's only 23. It would be a fantastic move for him, but it's not great for Elfsborg, uh, who are top of the table and potentially on course to win their first title since 2012. I do understand uh, the lure of uh, Celtic uh, here, though, and hopefully if the deal does go through, Elfsborg can, uh, can reinvest the money sensibly, as they seem to have done uh, throughout their squad, really. Right, so Andy's notes are as followed. Um, Jury de Camp's boots are amazing. Purple old school predators need to find out where he got them. 
Jeng is so, so good, man. Ockles should score there. Kasem goes off at half-time. Elsborg bring on Frick and go 4-2-4. Frick scores, in capitals. Johan uh, Larsson, exclamation mark. I, I guess that means he, he got the assist. Good stuff, Andy. Uh, I guess he's just more of an improviser <laughs> than a note-taker. So um, from this, I take that. Elsborg won 1-0. Another clean sheet. And they remain top of the league. Serious, I hope they start getting some, some points soon. They are really getting dragged into it down there. Um, but let's hope they can uh, rise up the table. They play good football, and I, I don't want to see them go down. No way. Right, moving on to the next game here. And this is Kalmar versus AIK. I had this one, and uh, I'm wary of the time and me just kind of babbling on on my own. <laughs> so let's keep it brief. Kalmar came into this off the back of three losses. Two of them coming against Armenian side FC Punic in the Europa League qualifiers. And uh, the curious case of perhaps the league's best goalkeeper, Ricardo Friedrich, getting two first-half red cards in his previous two Alsvenskan matches. Just imagine if he got sent off on Sunday. Uh, yeah, must have been playing on his mind, surely. But yes, he was a class act in this match. Without him, Kalmar would have definitely lost this game. Uh, he made six saves, had 79% passing accuracy. But for me, it was the quality of these saves that really put him up there as my man of the match. Some of them he had absolutely no business getting to, including one in particular from uh, Dino Bezirovic, uh, which was absolutely outstanding. Uh, he did concede quite a ridiculous goal, however. But without him, they would have probably conceded three or four. Uh, my favourite keeper, Aaron Ramsdale, is similar in the way that he can produce absolutely jaw-dropping saves one minute and then kind of let an easy one go in minutes later. Yeah, but all of that just proves the point that AIK were actually really impressive in this match. Jimmy Dermaz came in, Modesto was dropped to the bench, uh, which certainly raised my eyebrows um, to Carlo Ancelotti levels there. But Dermaz was good, actually. Actually, really quite good. Never thought I'd say that, but there we go. Probably his best game I've seen him play in an AIK shirt. It definitely makes it easier for him playing next to Anton Seletros, who was fantastic yet again. Uh, we know he's a good passer of the ball, and he has, he has very, very good technique. But what surprised me by this performance was uh, his defensive work. He made four out of four tackles, six out of seven ground duels, seven recoveries, two interceptions. Good player. Uh, but yeah, this game finished 1-1. Seaman Scrab, Mr. Krabs, opens the scoring for Kalmar with a bit of a fluke. Um, Svenskan continues to challenge the fundamental rules of physics on a weekly basis. Um, Nordfeld makes a save from Scrab's initial effort, but somehow as uh, Scrab is falling to the ground, it deflects back off him and then kind of loops past Nordfeld in a way that I just... Yeah, strange. Um, yeah, Nordfeld wouldn't be happy with that. And uh, yeah, Pitas on his debut for AIK, uh, the new striker coming from the Cypriot League, levels things up with, um, like I said earlier, a bit of a howler from uh, Friedrich. AIK had a ton of great chances and are looking a proper team now. But yes, 1-1. The points are shared at the Golden Chicken Arena. Now... Moving on to Norshirping versus Yerta Boring. Again, uh, one of Andy's here. 
Here are some of his notes. It's painful watching Yotta Boring play football. Most of their defenders are older than me, question mark, question mark. Nor Sherping should just rename them, rename themselves IFK Iceland Nor Sherping. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I completely agree with that one. He goes on to write, Trousterson has two goals before halftime. This lad is on fire, but really irritates me that he wears number nine and plays centre mid. Yep, me too, Andy. Both goals were assisted by Neiman. Oh, that's good. Uh, Shabani scores late on, exclamation mark. And that's the end of the notes. They are a little bit useless, uh, but I hope you enjoyed them nonetheless. Like I said, Andy must just be the master of improv. Next up, we've got Malmo versus Halmstad. Great game, this. Uh, Malmo really put in one of the most sort of dominating displays I've witnessed this season. They made an absolutely absurd 712 passes to Halmstad's 251. Nanasi was magic. Honestly, this guy is... He has such an exciting future ahead of him. The way he glides across the pitch, sewing everything together, uh, he completed 91 of 99 passes. For someone who was essentially lined up as a winger, that's just ridiculous. Uh, for context, the Yutta Boring winger Thomas Santos made 15 passes against Norshaping in 90 minutes. Um, yep. So, Nanasi got an assist as well, created six chances, won two out of two tackles, and nine out of 13 ground jewels as well, so he, he's no pushover. Um, I do want to give a special mention here to, to Pontus Janssen, who scored his first goal since returning back to the club closest to his heart. A towering header from a perfect uh, Sebastian Jurgensen cross. <laughs> he celebrated it like he just won the, won the FA Cup or something, but why not? It must be a really good feeling. Um, yeah, Sebastian Jorgensen, the new Malmo signing who provided that cross, by the way, was brilliant. I think I might have given him a little bit of stick last week or the week before as he didn't look up to much. But in this match, he got a goal. He got a goal and an assist. Uh, he played He played very well. Uh, his goal came just after halftime. Uh, Nanasi was actually excellent again in the build-up, playing a lovely 1-2 with Kisetalin. Jorgensen makes a good run. Nanasi finds him with an excellently weighted ball. Outside the foot finish, 2-0. Soren reeks, then adds another late on. Uh, a classic FIFA goal, this. Played square across the box from Taha Ali, and he just taps it in. Settles the scoreline at 3-0, and Malmo just one point off Elfsbury at the top of the table. Also, um... Yeah, last point on this game, Halmstad's kit was really, really nice. Their black third kit, I think it is. It's up there with one of the best I've seen in our Svenskin this season. <laughs> right, that just about wraps up this episode. It's been a quick one, and uh, there is no Svenskin stock market this week. Uh, the stock market is closed, but I am going to pick a game of the week for this weekend. And for me, it's got to be... IFK Jöteborg versus Animal Park. Hopefully, uh, Gordon come back from their rest revitalised and ready to absolutely smash Jöteborg and pile more pressure on them in the relegation zone. Wow, phew, I'm done, I'm out. I'm going to go drink a beer and sit in a dark room. Thank you all for listening. Hey, door!